Welcome everybody to the Resistance Broadcast. We are live. It is Wednesday evening, 9 p.m. East on this wonderful June 8th. Summer is coming soon, but Kenobi is heating up. Quite literally, last week he was heating up. Uh, I hope he's okay. Thanks for joining us if you're live in the chat. Appreciate it very much. I'm John. That's James. That's Lacey. Uh, if you don't mind, if you're on Twitter or wherever you are on social media and you see our posts saying that we are live, uh, quote, tweet it, tell people to come join us, retweet it. I think tweets are still free, I believe. So if you don't mind doing that, uh, we appreciate that. But more importantly, have fun. Thanks for joining us. Get in the chat. We'll get your comments up there. If you uh, do want to use the super chat feature to hyperspace your way to the front of the line and guarantee your comment on the show and we'll talk about your comment on the show we appreciate that otherwise just have a good time uh we're here to talk about part four of obi-wan kenobi um a very interesting episode in terms of the pulse i noticed online i don't really harp on that stuff too too much uh an episode i enjoyed uh quite a bit um but one thing just to start james and Lacey, you know this never came to my mind but Mm. now like seeing Ben Kenobi, you know, Ben, spending all this time with Leia. I, th- I think, <laughs> I know I have crazy theories sometimes. I think she named her son after him. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> I oh thought you God. were going to say that maybe she was an original member of Ben Folds 5. Maybe. Yeah, she's a brick. <laughs> yeah. Drowning slowly if, if Obi-Wan didn't hold that glass together. There you go. Um, I'm obviously kidding around. Uh, I think everybody has known that since like 2015 or something like that. But I mean, I was definitely one of those people in the movie theater in 2015 where they were like, Ben Solo. And I was like, oh, she named him after Kenobi. Yeah, I mean, the, the moment Harrison Ford goes, Ben! I'm like, Ben Kenobi. Got it. Cool. Yeah. And that's even yeah. more heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's a um, very real moment that as soon as he yells at everybody, everybody went, oh. That's his oh, name. God. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Um, so how you guys doing? James, you got the uh you're still rocking the Prince tribute in the room. I like that. The mm. lights, purple lights. Purple, purple lights. Yeah. I like it. It looks good. I do too. I'll make my move eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have people at celebration come up to me and be like, So have you moved yet? And I'm like, stop hounding me about it. That's Maybe true. You have been dragging week. your feet on that quite a bit. Maybe next week. <laughs> oh, yeah. probably not. No, actually, um, I made a goal for next Tuesday to have be moved. You are good with goals. I want to ask you guys a quick question <laughs> just am. before before we get going here and talk about our ratings of the episode. What do you think happened to the pies? Do you think they just took them and threw them out? Or do you think someone's like yeah. saw these sealed up pies and were like, dessert no. tonight? Hundred percent. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even people I think that are a little bit like risky would still be like, no, I have no clue. So because we forgot for me to smash pies in your faces, there were some raccoons in Southern California who got a nice little snack. Recently. Possibly. Unless it, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Um, Someday. Oh, I, yeah. Well, put that kind of I know all about waiting. <laughs> Sue us, sue us. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was at our event, and I met him uh, outside. But yeah, the, one of the panels for us. He was a nice guy. He's What's delightful. 
Um, everyone's delightful, though. That's what we do around here. So it's glad to see everybody in the chat. I'm going to take a quick look, scan through. Look, everybody's already rocking and rolling. Cool. All right, so we better get going with this show. Um, mm -hmm. So what we do, obviously, first things first, uh, we like to rate the episode 0 to 10 Benz uh, with Ewan McGregor's face. Um, and then we'll see what our patrons scored it at and see who rated this higher, TRB or the patrons. And then we'll get some comments and, and start getting into the discussion. A bunch of Easter eggs. Uh, Lacey, you had mentioned it to me off air beforehand. I agree. Um, but I think sticking to what we've been doing, weaving the Easter eggs into the conversation is a bit better. So we're not beholden to, uh, I can't say elaborate on this because you know what I'm saying? So oh, we'll totally. just get into yeah, I just took notes. Bit. Like, I feel like previous episodes, I haven't had to make a list. Whereas this, I agree, but I did make a list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So first things first, Lacey, what did you rate part four of Obi-Wan Kenobi a zero to 10 bends? Are we saying our favorite part here? Or do we save our favorite part for later? I've been save noticing that. we haven't been doing that either. No, we, yeah, we'll do that to kick off the discussion. Okay. There you go. I gave this episode nine out of 10 bends. We back up there, fam. <laughs> we back up to the high scores. I loved this episode. I thought it was, it had great pacing. I loved all the Easter eggs, the callbacks, the uh, emotional moments. I, I just thought we got so much character development in this episode. Um, I really, I loved it. That's a big score. I cheered um, at this episode. Yeah, and I know you, we didn't rate parts one and two uh, i'll get to that point in a moment maybe we'll do that but at the end re-rate i think last last week what did you give it? an eight eight point five eight all right right on all right james how about you buddy uh last week i did 7.5 this week i bumped it to eight um okay i was kind of in the same boat i was like did i like this episode more than last episode but I would say if storyline wise was the same, I remember one of the reasons I was bumping last week's episode was because of production, which I think this has some weird things production wise too, but not as bad as the like walking around in someone's backyard kind of thing that happened last week. And that was like <laughs> half the episode. So it was like, yeah. oh, okay, you know? Um, yeah. So I think like if I'm, if I'm really thinking about myself and the fact that like, I've wanted to see this base and like, this feels like it's a fallen order sort of like come to life type of situation. Cause a lot of that game takes place like at the end it, running through the halls and stuff. So it's like, I kind of feel like I got to give this a better score than last week's. So yeah, I, I went. Okay. Yeah. I'm holding firm. Uh, I'm giving this one an eight. I gave last week's an eight. Um, I I'm enjoying it. You know, I think it's good. Um, I haven't, I don't think I've seen Ooh. a great episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi yet. Um, I went into the show obviously saying like it has to, they have to knock it out because it's the one that all fans are united over. I feel like I haven't been wowed yet. Um, and that's okay. I, you know, I really still enjoyed them. It's not, you know, like Obi-Wan said, only Sith deal in absolutes. And I'm not here to say like, just because I'm not saying it didn't knock me out of the, knock it out of the park uh, means I didn't like it. No, not at all. I really have enjoyed it, but eight for me, which is still a good score. So for us at TRB, the three of us rounds out to an 8.3 for this episode. I believe we were in the high sevens last week. So this for us as a collective, 
Uh, we enjoyed this episode better than last week, and I don't. You're welcome for it. driving that score up. I mean, yeah, with that big John niner. stayed the same, but me and you both went up. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and I don't know that that's the case with with the Pulse of fans, but we'll find out. So, uh, we did poll our patrons, put their averages together, and they actually came in a uh, half point under us at seven point eight. Benz. that's insane i think that's the first time and i'd have to go back that they were lower than us we're you, the ones that are lower mm, than them it that, has happened a couple, before but you're right not often uh, mm. they're usually higher than us they're usually more optimistic than us uh but i thought me. it was interesting too that <laughs> they went down and we went up right yeah yeah we critics quite... and audience score yeah <laughs> right here on <laughs> Ross Ross yeah um we waved as we went in opposite directions um all right so a couple of comments here we're gonna kick one off uh this these are from patreon and written by spice runner dave indie dave oh he Uh, was just in here i think i saw him in the chat yeah he might might have went to go make a beverage i'm not no he did say he said this episode had the same oh there he is moments from a new hope in the force awakens yeah so dave wrote eight out of ten bends so he's right on with me and james he said i thought it might have been one of the best episodes yet it had some of the Mm -hmm. coolest scenes were there plot holes yes but seeing obi-wan come out of his funk was super great and we are set up for two final shows now and hopefully they are long run times so thank you dave you are the man uh and then uh Longtime Admiral Jason O'Donnell uh, out in Australia. What is up, buddy? Love Jason. Uh, it is probably June 9th by now, where Jason is. But uh, <laughs> he had eight bends out of 10 for me, washed it with my three sons, and we had an absolute hoot. Oh not, not enough people say hoot these days. I'm going to bring hoot back with Jason. Uh, he's had lots of great tension and some genuine laughs, too. I mean, the trench coat was straight up Scooby Doo. So much fun. I agree. That yeah. Was fun. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's like 3 p.m. the next day. Oh yeah, I'll show you right now. So wow. arguably, it's almost the 10th. So yeah, wait, <laughs> yeah, almost the 10th. Arguably, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, um, the work day is almost over. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, uh, all of our patrons who um, rated that and submitted comments. We appreciate that. Um, all right. So now we will get into discussing this thing, but um, before we do, let's warm things up by giving our favorite moment or shot from chapter four, part four. I keep saying chapter, damn Favreau. Um, (laughs) uh, All right, so James, do you have a favorite moment, shot, line, or something from this uh, episode that stood out to you or that was your favorite? two that I'm kind of debating. But I feel, I feel like if I say one, it's gonna steal your guys's. But hey, it's you know, hey, that's that's mine. the lay of the land. Uh, it's gotta be when they're in the torture room and the lights go out. Ah! It's red in the room. That's a callback to Star Killer. I saw online. Is it the video game Unleashed? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He he does that to stormtroopers in the room in the dark. It's like it's the definitely same a Batman scene. move. Yeah, but it's yeah. the same thing. Someone posted the video. I was like, oh my gosh, that's right. Because I felt like I had seen it before, obviously mm. from like Batman stuff. But yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that when the the blue lightsaber flicks on, it was the only moment in the series, or only moment actually. Well, no, I won't say that. I was, but the whole episode, at least, that I actually verbally out loud was like, "Ho <laughs> Like I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I did not see that coming, mm-hmm. and it seems so. 
I don't know. He's been so shaky the whole series, like nervous to do anything. That to me was like oddly the first thing where he was like, oh, watch this. I got this. Swagger. These two guards yeah. got this. Turn the lights off. Boom, take one out. Boom, take the other out. You know, so I was like, okay, I, he's he's getting it back. And, and the way it was put together was like really good. I appreciate that. I like that. Um, yeah, there right, you go. Star Wars Steve said, Whitworth tweeted, Kenobi stole my dance moves. Because <laughs> he was <laughs> Starkiller. <laughs> oh, nice. man. Um, all right, Lacey, how about you? Favorite scene, moment, line? What do you got? There were so many really great moments, but I, I have to say the moment Kenobi takes down the stormtroopers and does the little twirl that he does in Attack of the Clones where he stabs uh, yeah. that monster, he does the same exact twirl. When he's oh, about really? To stab. Oh, yeah. Same one. Same stance. Mm. Uh, but that moment where he has, you see his confidence come back and he just falls right back into it. It's like kind of like riding a bike, I guess. He falls yeah. right back into it. Like I cheered out loud. I was just so pumped that he was back to like having that confidence of doing the right thing, of stepping in, of feeling comfortable with the force and who he is. That was my favorite part. Followed closely by Tala. She She's a yeah, tremendous. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. definitely we're definitely gonna talk about her. Yeah. Um, my favorite moment was a specific part in the back and forth of the back to tank sequence toward the beginning. Um, first off, there was relief because <laughs> literally, as you're saying that, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. The comment comes up, and it's the same thing you just said. Um, so what was I saying? Sorry. Uh, back to tank. Back, back and tank. forth. Back and yeah. So, so <laughs> I was nervous because I saw some people speculating like, oh, this episode is going to be him in the back to tank having flashbacks. I'm like, please don't. Because of like the oh, Boba Fett the Boba. thing. <laughs> it's like every every time he, he got in that tank, I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, so I didn't want Kenobi to do the same thing. Um, <laughs> I just pictured them so the, playing the boat book of Boba Fett music. <laughs> like it's him and the thing that's playing the book of Boba Fett music. Hi. <laughs> yeah and everybody's <laughs> like what are they doing <laughs> obi-wan sticks his head out instead of asking where leia is he's like can you shut that off please or for Just some please. reason like the tank opens up and black chrysanthemum grabs kenobi <laughs> obi-wan comes and he fights the fatal hey <laughs> oh my so, god anyway my favorite moment is they're going back and forth and they show anakin's severed arm and then they show obi-wan's hand and he makes a fist and i really like that a lot because it's showing he is starting to like get reignited and and like and think about things that matter and not being afraid anymore like that moment where he clenched his fist and then they compare it to anakin who has nothing it's showing that obi-wan is still there he's still in the fight he's getting his strength and his heart back into this thing and it's a very subtle moment but they Deborah Chow made it clear they focused on that one shot of vacant arm for Anakin or Darth Vader, and then they show Obi-Wan's hand and he clenches his fist and makes a fist. And I thought that was really important uh to show his life force and 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 where he's at now. And then he bursts out and he says, Where's Leia? And I really like that a lot. I really thought that was a big important moment, in addition to the obvious cool parallels that they did between their injuries and and that sort of thing. It's also and a very thin thing. Where's Ray? I, I, yeah, I was kind of waiting to to throw that in there. Yeah, it reminded I, me because where's Leia, and it reminded me immediately of where's Ray. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, so that was my favorite moment. Um, I it's funny because this might have been my favorite episode so far, and I think for a it lot was of mine. people, for a lot of people, it was their least. So I think it's going to be an interesting discussion, and we we'll see how we proceed here. But um, I don't know where where do you guys want to start? Because there, there's a lot of things we can get into in this discussion. Obviously, Tala was a fantastic uh, character growth. I say I start you, from the beginning. You want to do chronological? Is that what you're saying? I'm sorry. Is that not the way to? <laughs> I don't, I don't like a walk. We can start with Tala. I think Tala was great. I think she was definitely outside of Kenobi. I think Leia was great. But for me, Tala was the best person in the episode. I thought she did the best. I loved her kind of clearance scene that we've seen in so many movies like Mission Impossible and like all these other things where they're like, you know, oh, I have clearance. And they're like having that tension moment of like it going Mm -hmm. through. Yeah. Um, I loved how confident she was going into the role she was playing. I think that that's really important, but we got the same kind of feel that uh, them sneaking around like in Rogue One where you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to get caught. Oh my God, it's going to happen. Um, but she she's tough and I love it. I, I love everything about it. And this might be dumb and I apologize in advance. So I've only watched the episode once so far because, you know, life. But... Is it an understanding that she was a part of the Empire and then defected like Bill Burr? Or is it that she was just lying really well? Because I see, have seen both online and I wasn't really sure if like, oh, yes, I, she was a... I just thought she was legit and is just seeing seeing the way, like seeing the light. Oh, because I saw online two different theories like, oh, so she was a part of the Empire and she defected or is she just a really good liar? I def- because no, it... Bill Burr had that moment, you know, in The Mandalorian where... Mayfeld. Sorry, Mayfeld. I, <laughs> Bill Burr to me. I, th- uh, I think it's he, more similar to Bill Burr or the right. Mayfeld, he was because yeah. Because yeah. my understanding was the way she explained it in the last episode was that she joined the Empire, then she saw what they really were and decided to do something different. Right. So I think she joined with the intent of being like, this could be a good thing. Yeah. But I mean, we're all saying that she was part of it. It wasn't like she stole someone's outfit and clearance and was like, yeah, "I'm pretending I'm imperial now." She was, or, or right, but in Rogue One, that's like, what they I'm did. I'm going to join the Empire to be a spy on the inside. Yeah, I don't she didn't join that with that purpose either. So I yeah. think she definitely joined thinking it could be a good thing, and then was swayed. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I th- I agree. I I thought she was great in Dear Varma. I li- I've liked her dating back to you know her work on Game of Thrones. I thought she was fantastic in that show too. That's what I mostly know her from. Um, and she, yeah, she has this presence in the way she delivers her lines, which Star Wars obviously can sometimes be campy. Uh, <clears throat> to me, it felt like she was a real person in this galaxy and not just, oh, that person from Game of Thrones who is cameoing in Star Wars and delivering these lines, which I felt a little bit with some people in like Mandalorian and stuff like that. She, this felt like Tala was a person in this galaxy. This happened to her a long time ago. So I, I really thought, I agree with Lacey. I think she was a big standout. And that's saying something for a new character, which is a very smart thing. I saw Joby Harold talk about this, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, like having these new characters, Reva, uh, Tala, people like this, uh, allows us to have worry and concern because we have all these other characters where we have the list here. Oh, we know this person ends here. This person dies here. This person dies later. This person dies here with these characters. You know, I didn't know. I thought Reva might've killed her right there when she said, 
you know, I am a spy, but for us. Because you know the... that they have to go away at some point. Right. Assuming. And you know the yeah. Empire doesn't try, like, Darth Vader doesn't trust anybody. He'll choke people out for, for flying too close to an asteroid field or something. I keep like, going back to this. Hot tub time machine, what happened to his arm? That's how I, I feel with the show. Because I'm like, yeah, these right. people so, have to go away. I, I yeah. thought, like, you have a show and you're like, who's in the show? Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader. You can go, Grand Inquisitor, you can go on the list. Grand but, Inquisitor, and you're like, yeah. Who was the highlight of an episode with all them in it? Tala? You're like, who? And she was. She was. She absolutely was. I, I thought Wade was the highlight of this episode. No, you didn't. <laughs> Way As deserve he fell better. to his fiery death. They're better. Yeah, yeah that's. Gonna I, be I thought it just to just to pivot to that really quickly. I thought it was weird that they killed him and not the other character, because Wade has one line and the other character has like multiple lines. Like, um, I didn't I didn't particularly care about either one of them. They just felt like so- soldiers or background characters. Yeah. So I don't really feel like the loss was there, but. I watching it the second time I was sitting there going like, I don't know why they killed Wade. He only has one line. Like, I don't even know that I was, when I watched it the first time I was like, who's Wade. <laughs> like, I That's don't even thing. remember there, him there, there's earlier new, in the episode. There's this new thing with star Wars fans. And I kind of love it because people like attaching themselves to these characters, no matter if they're big or small, like Tally Lynch, right. But mm-hmm. like, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, you know, Zeb Sineska, Rogue Two, gets blown away in the Battle of Hoth. Uh, Dak, who's uh, Luke's gunner, dies in battle. And people are like, see ya, pal. Moving on to the next thing. But now it's like this guy Wade shows up, has a line, and people are going to be like, oh, man, I, I miss Wade. I really miss Wade. I don't think anybody's so. saying they miss Wade. In fact, oh, I think Wade people for are more it. on Wade my for side. It, Wade for it. Wade for it. It's going to happen. Um, a little Wade pun there. Uh, all right. So one thing I'll say on this episode, it was clear to me that it was quite the tribute or at least, um, a lot of callbacks to a new hope. Um, that was my, my biggest thing that came with them my Easter eggs, but also just plot devices and fun little references and, and mirrors and stuff like that. Um, first of all, it's, it's literally episode four of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So that's, that's fitting enough as it is. Oh. Um, but the, like the tapping noise he does to distract the two stormtroopers is exactly what he does to distract mm-hmm. them in A New Hope by the tractor beam. Um, you know, it's a rescue mission of Leia in an Imperial station that's foreign to them that they're sneaking around in and they mm-hmm. escape barely, but with a tracking device on their ship. Does this sound familiar, <laughs> you know? So, uh, and, that's, it, and I still love it. I'm just saying like there are clear... Uh, parallels here, Leia being interrogated, uh, the comlink, you know, which is similar to, you know, 3PO. So a lot of this stuff is like, I was like, there's a lot of A New Hope sounds, imagery, and and plot devices, and fun little bits that really just call back to that movie. And I really enjoyed that. I, it still felt fresh because of all the new characters and stuff like that. So I thought it was really cool. Um, Everyone I just does one... keep bringing up the overcoat. So we got to bring that up at some point. Okay. We can do that now. Yeah. Uh, someone someone called it the Scooby-Doo uh, moment. Yeah. So. Star Wars Steve says, are we going to address the elephant in the room or the child in the overcoat, if you will? So what did you guys think about the uh, the coat situation, if you will? I thought it was a little weird that they were able to walk through that whole hangar with her under the coat. <laughs> I don't I, know, man. Have you ever seen like the dancing bear thing on like the... 
where he like moves to the basketball. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. What are you talking about? There's like there's like a famous video where there's a bunch of people that says count the basketballs and then like there's like five people tossing basketballs to each other and then you go did you count five great but did you see the dancing bear and then it goes back and plays oh. it again and there's like a bear that's like moonwalking and dancing through <laughs> the people as they're throwing bear. basketballs and you just don't see it because you're I literally have like that. not paying any attention to it and I'm like I'm thinking that a lot of these people probably it's very obvious to us the viewer but i bet you could do a lot of things just in public without people paying that close of attention uh, yeah, yeah I maybe but i thought it was weird she lifts up to look though i'm like stop why would the you empire, do that just keep the walking. empire has as bad of security as the anaheim convention center i'll just say it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> badge schmadge people are just walking into star wars yeah, celebration they're checking like, qr codes and people just have to be like do you want me to report you to the grand uh like, celebration yeah. visitor people have <laughs> like loose yeah. leaf composition paper with the blue lines on it that just wrote like media on it they're like yeah so right this way sir come on in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know how i felt about the coat thing uh i almost forgot about it um definitely a little silly uh, but that's we'll Star Wars, though, you know. Them yeah, Star Wars is quite and... silly. Yeah, so so I don't know. I, I, I'm not like upset about it or anything. That's fine. <laughs> what, what what was that? <laughs> the same thing happened in Top. Speaking of Top Gun Maverick, by the way, <laughs> we could talk about Top Gun Maverick anytime, any day. <laughs> not today. We have stuff to talk about. I um, I don't know. The 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 coat thing didn't bother me. It didn't stick out to me. Her lifting it up did. I was like, I don't know why she did that. Um, but what I was going to say earlier is like w the other thing that I was competing for best shot is, and I, this might've even been in the trailer, but, or one of the teasers or something, but like when she screamed, when Reva screams out traitor and they like stop and turn around, there's like a pan down shot of her walking lightsaber open two purge troopers, multiple stormtroopers behind her. I was like, that is just an awesome shot. And like, yeah. I, you know, some people have said they're, they're not digging Reva's character, but I don't know why, but it's like, it is connecting with me. I'm thinking she's doing a really good job. I do too. Um, and I'm like trying to pay attention. Like, what are people seeing that, it, that this is so bad? And I'm like, maybe people just don't like the character or something, but like, I feel like her acting is good. Like, I think she's doing a good job. Um, so when she's, when she screams out traitor and she's like really angry at them for like everything that's going on, after having just, uh, you know, asked all those questions to Tala, like, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I was just loving the whole scene. I was like, yeah, this is all good. So I wasn't paying as close attention to the Scooby-Doo-ness of the giant. I, I felt like that whole scene was a little rushed because it was like, they're in the jacket, they're in the jacket, then they get caught, then someone shows up, saves the day, they get in the ship, they fly away. And I was like, this is a very quick sequence, but I get why it is compared to everything else um but that, yeah, yeah yeah the coat the coat was fine i mean it's supposed to be like a silly moment with star wars where they're dressed up and they're getting away um but it, it did look a little funny <laughs> it was definitely yeah. silly yeah it would have been like it, it wasn't like obi-wan was like sitting on leia's shoulders or something like that <laughs> <laughs> they do in the gold member 
or like it's i don't like, know like alvin and the chipmunks where they're like in a trench or like yeah, know, those yeah. type of cartoons before yeah. we go out here i want to make a sandwich and he makes like a tall sandwich he just like shuffles them together like a card like, <laughs> oh jason cards. is in the chat there he is so jason how's the oh um <laughs> so so what did you guys think in terms of uh let's get to that then reva and leia and that dynamic and and that that sort of um that dichotomy that happened uh, throughout this episode really oh man is she clearly the character from the beginning of this whole series in the jedi temple they are basically blaring it like really? pay attention pay attention she keeps going back to childhood stuff pay attention i had a She's droid about being a yeah. child yeah oh so she is yeah. that padawan at the beginning of the series and i think that's why they included that because i saw a very interesting um conversation with some people and i kind of felt this way too watching the episode is you see that she has a lot of anger and she's trying to prove herself and she's angry with kenobi and it could be because he went back and didn't save her he went back to the temple that day with order 66 and didn't save her and she got taken into this new world of like being tortured basically until she fall falls in line and yet she's seeing him go out of his way to save this other little girl. And she's kind of just like, you know, why wasn't I saved her kind of internal turmoil of she was a Padawan. No one came to her rescue. And now she's stuck in this situation and she's angry. And that's why she's having this connection with Leia. Cause she's like, this is someone that's getting saved. They're going to the, all these lengths to save this girl. But then, that terrible stuff happened to us. So that's why I keep going back to like, that's definitely her at the beginning of the series. And it's funny you bring that up because today I think, I think it was Hollywood reporter. I'm not sure, but, mm -hmm. and I, I wish I remembered the the person who did the interview. Cause they, I got to give them credit because they really did their best to pry at Joby Harold to get some clarification and not spoilers, but trying to get understanding of certain things. And they asked him, you know, so is Reva one of the children that we saw at the beginning of the series? And he, he just said, I can't speak to that. Mm -hmm. He would have said no. if <laughs> that's, a, that's a big fat yes, if I, <laughs> I can read through the lines. Which I that. love yeah. that tie-in then. That's a great way to introduce a new character into Star Wars that, that is we fresh. constantly wonder how all these other people are affected by the Skywalker family. Here right. is someone that is directly impacted by the choices that Anakin Skywalker makes, the Empire makes, and then he, she's still working with him. And then, yeah, so you, we want to find out who took her and recruited her instead of killing her. How did that happen? Oh. You know, is that a book that's going to be told? Is that a comic that's going to be told? Or are we going to see a flashback when this rounds out? Or uh, what did she have to do to get to that position? Did they throw her in a room with three other kids and say, okay, one of you, oh, one of you geez. remains. Yeah. Well, you well know okay. I mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, my understanding is, is based on the grand inquisitor story is that he was like approached and they said, choose a side. And he said, I'll go with, I'll go with you. Or I don't want to die. And so it, it has kind of made me think on a couple occasions that like, you know, the famous scene of Anakin, like Master Skywalker, what are you going to do? He turns on his lightsaber. It probably doesn't kill him immediately. He probably goes through a question system where, you know, he's saying like, this is the empire. This is what it is. Make your choice. Who, who's going to die? Kind of. I completely disagree with that. His, his mission was to kill everyone. 
and then they go into how he killed everybody. I, agree. I think I that there was another group of people that went through and found other people after the fact, but that initial attack was to kill everyone. Yeah, that's how I. Think I don't that. know. That's uh, but I, I maybe, but I'm I'm looking at this now that we're putting together that that might be her. And now I'm starting to think that that lines up with what I believed because they could show at the end of this series a young, de-aged, like Hayden Christensen as Anakin approaching her, and that's how she knows Vader is Anakin. I mean, maybe they could because I don't we see that. I mean, they were we running were like, away. How does she know? Yeah, Vader. It'd be is cool. Anakin Skywalker. It, it would be very cool. I'd be surprised, but it's a cool thought. I didn't think of that, so that's interesting. Um, yeah. Um, then, well, let's talk about this too then, because like when Obi-Wan makes that discovery that it's a tomb down, you know, in the lower levels of, um, their headquarters. And, you know, at first glance, like I'm trying to look at every one of them. Cause I'm like, Oh, Easter eggs, Easter eggs. Like, who is this? Like on the left side, there was a guy with like longish hair that Obi-Wan didn't really focus on. I was like, Ooh, could that be Qu uh, Quinlan? Quinlan Voss. Yeah, and but he would have probably stopped and had a moment. If it's that the same the thing so, with the Cody, or not Cody, but uh, Rex the, the, the Yeah, the clone. It just um, seems like if that was supposed to be Quinlan and the previous episode, they mentioned him by name, like he would not have brushed over him. So you got to think it's not him. Did you guys, because I was, I watched with subtitles and I didn't see like anything saying like, this is, you know, this person, this person, this person, like mm -hmm. any identifiers on any of these things. I know we had one o little Padawan, the rest were older. Only one is like confirmed that's the character. Who? Uh, Tara Sanube. Who is that? Tiramisu? That is a... The first person, the investigator, the first person that they see. It, yeah, it's the one that he, when he's looking at it, he says, I know what they're doing down here. It, it, it's a tomb and they're showing him. That's Tara Which, Sanube. by the way, totally oh. a reference to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. When Sean Bean's character is in is in the oh. dwarf underworld, and he goes, "This mm -hmm. isn't a mine; it's a tomb." Dun, mm. dun, 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 dun. But yeah, Terrence Tanube, he's a he's a lightsaber. Uh, he helps Ahsoka, right? Yeah, teacher. And Ahsoka was like trying to move, like she's like, "Oh, they stole my lightsaber!" So she's like moving fast and jumping over things and whatever. And Terrence Tanube's like walking along like Yoda kind of like he's very slow, but he obviously gets to the same place at the same time. Teaches her a lesson. Yeah. Lightsaber lost. Yeah. It's so good. Chasing out lightsaber thing. Old. I was, was thinking he's, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. He's very old too. Yeah. In fact, ooh. I think he is in the high Republic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with the tomb stuff where they're going through the characters, they show a Padawan at the end. I guarantee that's the Padawan that made Reva who she is like that's the person she had to sacrifice to get into her position oh god couldn't you see it like hey you have to kill your best friend to that's get dark. one of you that that tomb thing was so crazy though like i was like is that quinlan voss and then it's like oh that's tara sanube and then he continues to go down the path and i'm like don't know that one i don't know that one either uh, i don't know how you knew like tara sanube man so good for you i mean oh geez. man that geez, one popped out so yeah. Every, every other one after that i was like that just looks like a person <laughs> like, I, was yeah. like I was like that, that person got in like with anymore. a lot of clothes on whoever that person yeah. is yeah um but yeah that, so that i found that to be interesting because i didn't know that that was uh going to be the case um but 
Obi-Wan, uh, clearly not fully there. Uh, he, they show that on their way to the um, Inquisitor's headquarters uh, by him trying to move things and still not being fully able to do it. And I think with him, it's like this crisis of confidence where he doesn't fully believe in himself. Uh, like sometimes, you know, when, when like athletes are struggling or anybody's struggling with anything that they're usually good at, you start thinking to yourself, like, I can't, I forgot how to do this. I don't know how to do this anymore. And I feel like that's, that's a big part of what he's dealing with is trying to rediscover his confidence in who he is. Um, just as much as it is him dealing with the trauma of what happened and stuff. I think it's a mixed bag, but he's clearly, you know, trying to recapture it. And, you know, when he's moving that thing as she's piloting him there and telling him, uh, you know, trying to ease his mind and stuff like that. Uh, he's not, He's not quite there yet in, in using the force. But then as he's on that ship and um, he's really remembering what he needs to do, knowing, and he says like, I have to, I cannot lose her when he's talking about Leia. I feel like that drive to redeem himself because of his failures with Anakin is awakening. You know, I'm not trying to be funny here, awakening the force again in him because then he starts doing things way bigger than he did just like an hour before. And one of those is obviously, you know, distracting the stormtroopers, what he did in the interrogation room, but also uh, stopping the room from caving Water. in with the glass. Um, that was like a, a huge, a huge deal. So I think we're almost there with Obi-Wan. I know we only have two episodes left. I don't know if they're going to go big and do a, you know, big two-part finale sort of thing. Um, I hope so. Cause you know, I, I want more of what we're seeing, but He's almost, I think, I feel like he's just right almost there. And we're going to get to that point where when he gets there, they're going to hit that John Williams theme and not do it as subtly or soft. It's going to be the big fortes and crescendos. And it's going to be a big, powerful moment when he has like some sort of second showdown with Vader, which I still think he's going to take his mask off and they're going to fight with his mask off. I, oh, I, yeah. Because the Hasbro thing comes off in a part where you see the face. Yeah. And, and just like, and that's another thing that confuses me because did you guys hear this? I saw someone today infer that. Also, I want to go back to the two like minutes. Jay Leno. Because <laughs> there was a thing that we didn't talk about that I, I was kind of wondering. And we can we bounce can around. Yeah, it's oh, not yeah, like, oh, we already passed that. No, we can't go back. But someone <laughs> I said like your hey, Jay Leno impression, John. You're like, hey, did you guys see this? I just saw this today. Did I say it like that? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> so hey, did someone you guys said, see this? Someone said Hayden Christensen is delivering the lines and they're putting his voice through this modulator. I don't know if that, I believe that. I think it's, they used his voice from the original movies and they're doing what they did with Mark Hamill's voice in the Mandalorian. I think they digitally are building these lines. Just James Earl Jones. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah, what? Yeah. Someone, I was like, cause someone put that out there on Twitter. I forget who. But I think I was like, there's a couple questions out there about like Hayden's involvement in the first place because we're seeing like the stunt doubles and stuff. And yeah, they're yeah. posting a lot of things that I'm like, I don't know, man, you might want to keep that secret. I think you're kind of looking like you're making your star look like he's not as involved. But yeah. In the credits, someone's listed as Vader action performer or something like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. There's two of them. All right. So back to the tomb. What else you got? Yeah. So. Back. I don't know if you guys thought about this, but so obviously the tomb is interesting because it's not like carbonite. It's like this amber color 
mm-hmm. glass, which we saw in the Rise of Skywalker with those Snoke figures. So my question was if you guys thought that this is what they're doing with Jedi people, like they would have done to Grogu if they captured him, is take his material to then build Palpatine slash Snokes. And that's why they're holding on to these people is to make their experiments happen for Palpatine later. Because yeah. the same color is the color we see in the Rise of Skywalker with all those kind of Snokes in the big test tube. And it's not the blue we see in the Mandalorian, but it would explain why they're collecting people and why they're collecting people like Grogu because they want to build Palpatines. Man, I mean, that wouldn't shock mm-hmm. me. If they're all about the clone stuff and like everything. Um, I just thought in 60 million years, some rich guy was going to take their DNA and make a, a park where people can go visit Jedi. Yes, I get it. It looks like Jurassic Park. <laughs> yes, everyone said that. I, I, get I actually it. didn't people put are that together. <laughs> people are this is it. the Quinlan Voss. Do not get out of your Ford Explorer. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> he says it's a tomb, so that that dictates that they're dead. But I was but like, they look like they're, they're suspended. They yes. don't look like they're... So I think that's a very interesting way to tie this all together because you're tying it obviously with the Skywalker lineage, but with the storyline of Palpatine, he's still, his hand is still kind of in everything because his experiments and stuff are happening during all this time to then come back eventually in the sequel trilogy. So you have to explain what they didn't get into in the Mandalorian, really. They've (sighs) dropped hints of it. I just I know that you know Mandalorian's coming out around the same time, so we make the connections. But really, it's it's like twenty five years later, and I know like Palpatine has his contingency plans and stuff like that. But I don't know. I mean, this is what eleven years, right? Nine, nine. So it's nine years before Battle of Yavin, and Mandalorian takes place like fifteen years after Battle of Yavin. So we're looking I feel at like about those Snoke's were floating years. in water though, and these don't feel like that. No, mm. I'm just saying the color is similar. Yeah. The lighting I mean, it's of also the also similar to the Bad Batch you, ones it, where Omega goes to that mm-hmm. other side island that the cloners were messing with and there's all sort of like weird aliens it in It just that the stuff thing too. I was thinking of when they he went down there he's like it's a tomb. Like you said James, they don't necessarily look dead and my whole thing mm-hmm. is like why would the empire keep them? They're not I don't very get that either, yeah. big on keeping people. Like, why would they do that? They don't want evidence of what they're doing. But if they were doing the experiments and they're holding on to them, kind of like, you know, hey, we'll use this later. The only thing I got from it was that it was like trophies. But I don't know. Maybe. Again, like, yeah, what Star Wars what, feels like you would freeze them in carbonite or something. I don't know. Wouldn't Obi-Wan have sensed any sort of life force from them though like he's still yeah. weak with what he's doing they I could excuse that 20 minutes later he stops a the flooding they could be dead but they could be keeping the bodies on ice yeah. so to speak you know, know what i mean like they don't have to really be alive yeah yeah theoretically like we don't know if like they're suspending the midichlorians or something sarah believes you know? they're a trophy like a deer head yeah i'm interested let us know in the chat do you think they're a trophy do you think they're being collected what do you think i think it's interesting yeah. either way but i just i'm trying to figure out how these things connect especially because the whole lab thing in mandalorian doesn't get explained the Grogu. it thing, will I, mean, I know i'm sure it will yeah but i feel and like this comes earlier in season so. three again and it's like okay cool yeah. like please give us some explanation on what was going on um <clears throat> i i have this is probably a hot take because 
I got to be careful with the nuance here because people sometimes confuse criticism of choices by the character with actors. And I need to make that clear because for whatever reason, people have a hard time separating the two. Um, I don't know that I like what they did with Leia in this episode. Like when I was 10 years old, I wasn't as confident or strong as when I was 20 or 30 or whatever. I feel like they're just like, this is Leia. She hasn't, she didn't really go through much growth. She's as strong out of from day one than she will be when we meet her, when she's a Senator and a princess at age 20. I, I wanted to see a little more vulnerability out of her when Reva was interrogating her because she's a kid, like she's a little kid. And, you know, like she was being just very like calm and like, you know, sarcastic and like taking chances with some of her answers when she probably should have been quite terrified. And then Hmm. they save it at one point when they do put her on that thing and, and restrain her in that room before Obi-Wan comes to save her where she's screaming for someone to help her. I'm like, all right, good. Because a kid should be doing that. Like the, the, the kid would be crazy to not. But when she was in that room and she's like, I'm a princess of Alderaan, you're going to pay for my dad's going to blah, blah, blah. But then after that, she's like, I'm not telling you anything and stuff. I just, I, I wish I saw a little more vulnerability uh, out of her as a child. Um, instead of it being like, well, she's Leia, so she can, she, mm-hmm. of course she's going to be tough and stuff. I, you know what I mean? Maybe I, I'm the only one who feels that way. I do. I feel that way. The, how I have kind of coped with it is a little bit of like, yeah, that's Leia's attitude. But I also have kind of, I, I've noted like, okay, there's the book like Princess of Alderaan. She's like 14 in that book. And she's like making big, huge decisions and going on missions and and running away and getting into trouble in in like big ways too. And that's only four years later. And I'm like, okay, so maybe she is really that confident at 10. So then the other thing too, is that she also is a princess and doesn't really understand danger too. So she is like, so high in authority. Yeah, that that she could just be in a situation and be like, I know how to handle people like this. Like, and she just doesn't, you know, she's not really afraid of her life kind of thing, because that does. It's not that's Are not you gonna normal. Say naivety then. I guess so. Sort All of. Right. Yeah. All and maybe right. that's yeah. kind of where that is drawing the line there. A she's bit. never left but Alderaan. I'm, and all of a sudden now she's in this strange, dark, scary place with this person with a red laser weapon that she's never seen before. Who's saying no one's coming to save you. And Obi-Wan's dead. Cause he burned alive. And she's like, are we doing a staring contest right now? I'm like, come on. I mean, like, <laughs> like, like take it this way. Like my son will like run out into the street and I'm like, no, don't you understand? That's dangerous kind of thing. It's like she is in this environment on Dayu. I agree. And she's Look, like walking I'm, up to random people saying. and touching things and stuff. And yeah. Obi-Wan's like, oh my God. Why? And we're like, why is she so confident? I would be scared if I was like that. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I brought up that she she screamed for help. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm on the other side of that equation. I think it's, um, I, I don't think it was overdone. I, I thought it was pretty perfect because she starts off being very like smart, like, you know, smart ass like you would expect mm-hmm. from Leia and how she's been the whole series, especially that first episode where we're introduced to her, where she's just not listening to anyone. Um, and I agree with you, James. I think it's coming from a place of not realizing the stakes. I, I think she's like, oh, this is stupid, whatever. And then you start to see her as the time goes on, realizing like when she's like, oh, he's dead, this, this, this. Um, 
I did guess the Reva hand shot, which we guessed from the trailer. I was like, that's definitely Reva's hand. Got it. Uh, with, with Lola, which by the way, awesome Easter egg. They added Lola to the intro at the beginning of the show. Yep. Yeah, I saw that the, like, too. flash yeah. thing. Love which that. I also wrote down as a note to mention, they've changed the music on that and it feels instant classic to me. I'm like, yes, it does. that was a good change of music because that feels like John Williams wrote that. It used to be that. Yeah, and it does the thing at the beginning with the arpeggios. It sounds like when Obi-Wan first appears in A New Hope almost. Very whimsical and um, yeah, yeah I, whatever I like it is that. now, yeah. I'm like, when that Star Wars logo comes up, it's I'm like, dang, that does feel like Star Wars. I don't know. It's yeah. obviously not yeah. like a particular theme, but it feels very Star Warsy. So I think they finally got their theme right. Yeah, it sounds like everybody's on board with Leia being. I did laugh at this. Rabbit Ra- so. Yeah, Rabbit Raccoon said when Leia told Reva that she had to tell her dad first. Oh man! But then, like someone, a bunch of people are saying in the chat. Uh, as soon as they strap her to that torture thing, though, then she's like, oh, no, <laughs> things are getting yeah. real now. <laughs> um, Did that I look think... like the torture chamber from the Chewbacca leaked or? It looks like that. It looks like a little like the Han Solo one. Like it kind of just looks like a generic it's a standard issue that they get. Yeah. Uh, they buy in bulk from Costco. The um, Ray torture yeah, chamber yeah. that she was strapped to with Kylo Ren. Yeah. It like looks very. <laughs> I did really like Leia's moment at the end with Obi Wan, where she you know grabs his hand and and very that sort cute. of thing. They had that moment. Yeah, she and she's fantastic. She how whatever she's being told to do, she's doing it great. So I'm not saying that at all. She is wonderful. Um, I was just and I'm clearly in the minority based on the the comments that are coming up here that, on how I feel about it, but just my thoughts on it on 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 seeing leia and i'm curious how they're going to portray a 10 year old luke they're probably going to make him just portray a leia yes right eminem up in here yeah <laughs> um all right so so what what else what are, what other what other things that you want to bring up any other easter eggs or big moments that we need to cover here obi-wan swimming down like the gungan city type thing from phantom menace by the way big missed opportunity not throwing I was waiting for the bigger fish moment and they didn't have it. They had one in Boba Fett where they had like a bigger fish moment, but uh, not with fish or with other creatures, but mm-hmm. yeah, they no, didn't Sandor do that. I like the monster. squid thing. Yeah, that was cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah. They look like a little bit of a, like a, like a ocean sarlacc or something. Like mm-hmm. a starfish. Was, yeah. Yeah. That was, I thought that was um, really cool. I had a couple so other we, random things oh. here. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, we finally meet, uh, O'Shea Jackson's character, which we yeah, were all wrong. Yeah, yeah. We thought it was Ned, and he just walks on screen. And I was like, "There he is." I really didn't have any reason to believe that it was Ned. Just I had to. I had a gut feeling, and and it turns out he was this other character. But um, was it Roken? Right, Roken. Yeah, Roken. R O K E N. Yeah, and mm-hmm. wow, what a story with him! Right, his wife gets killed. She's she wasn't even a Jedi. They just found her. She was force sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. It just shows you that like they literally are killing everyone. And he said they even tried to hide it. Right. Which is a really smart choice because you have to lay, set the lay of the land for original trilogy, which is there are no Jedi and showing these things like this, people who could potentially be Jedi buried all that either deep inside them or just completely like, ditched the whole philosophy of it sort of like leia did mm-hmm. um 
So I thought that was really good that they brought that up. A part of me, I was like, this person has a force sensitive relative too. I'm like, this is like Oprah with the cars. But then I was like, it was a smart choice because it shows that there were a lot, but there's a reason why they aren't around in 10 years. Yes. It makes it even more sacred when they have only a few later. Yeah. 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 So I thought, I thought that was cool. And I thought, I thought he, he was a good character. I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of him in the next two episodes. Um, but the, yeah, the end was, was quite abrupt. Um, I saw some people having issues with the, this, the T-47, the snow speeders, but the, I'll tell you one thing, the moment he said T-47, I was like, we're going to see snow speeders in this. And I, I thought that was just such a cool thing. Cause I don't know that we've seen them in live action since outside of snow. Back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that's right. I, I didn't, I felt like I, love, were, I thought it was great. I I was okay with the scene, but I was thrown a little bit because I don't. I also I had this impression that they couldn't like hover; they could only like move forward. And I don't know where I was kind of getting that, but when I saw the one like hovering, it it didn't feel right to me. And I think part of that also too was they were low quality models, like the mm-hmm. visual effects of them. I was like, this looks fan filmy like the sense that they used a an asset that was like unfinished like the textures were unfinished and it just didn't look like it was uh properly keyframed or something like it was just kind of like bouncing back and forth and and right. i don't know it just didn't it looked it looked like they just kind of dropped a ship in there and were moving was moving it around and right. and that was the only part of it like i don't mind that they were there they got rescued on them i thought that was cool but I was like sitting there kind of pulled out a little bit on the, the visual effects there. But again, it's not, I, I was even thinking when I was watching it, that it's not that big of a deal because I have to remember even for myself, like, okay, this is just a retelling of the story. The real story is they were there on the, on the, the edge and some snow speeders came in. There may have been five of them. Who knows? You know, the, just the story as it really happened was, you know, they, they got there, shot up the, the, courtyard or whatever and then they i don't get know away, you know and I'm about like, oh, you guys but cool. a part of me was hoping that was going to be the moment where we saw a big lightsaber duel to end the episode i thought obi-wan oh, like, was gonna Obi-Wan ignite the lightsaber reva. take the coat off have leia go with tala and him and reva fight on the edge of the platform with the ocean out in the background i thought that would have been a epic like cool fight because then you're not just harping on like Obi-Wan Vader, Obi-Wan Vader. You're like, I want to see Reva do, have a lightsaber duel. I think oh, you that'd know, be really cool. You know what would have mm-hmm. been cool? Is, is they have the lightsaber duel. Reva's backing him up, and he's all the way against the edge. And oh, then don't he do looks the down. Yep, 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 ah. yep. Jumps down, and Reva goes, oh, and then as she walks up, he pulls up, and he's standing on top of the snow speeder. It would have been <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> And the, and the and doors just open like a wing. Flies away. Yeah. It could have blasted him back like Kylo does or whatever. Yeah. I mean, wasn't there a rumor that Christopher Lloyd was in this show or something like that? Or <laughs> there am I you go. There you go. Yeah. Was that this oh, show? Oh man, I, I, it would have instantly been my favorite episode. It would have been the it, most absurdly jump the shark, ridiculous reference no, ever, and no I would have loved way. every moment of it. I would have loved yeah. every second of it. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved it. Yeah, I, I would have been. No, like, what was it? Yeah, was it this that's, show? That's all. That that's, my crazy that's the Kenobi. I like. Yeah. Was it this show that he was rumored to be in or my Mandalorian season three? Oh, 
Okay. And he's he's confirmed for Mandalorian season three. I thought not like like trade confirmed, not like real yeah. confirmed. All right. Interesting. Um, um but all right. I mean other, I don't yeah, do you have other things? Because I don't have much just, else that I want to focus one, on. Just like one or two like li- just little things. I was just gonna throw it out and have a discussion with you guys. Um did you guys notice a lot of shaky cam? In yes, this I've noticed that in other episodes. Really? Yes. I just noticed it now and I feel like I'm gonna notice it for so I've I've ruined it. I'm sorry if for anybody that's gonna notice it now. But like they're having that conversation about how they're gonna get into Fortress Inquisitorious. And I'm like sitting there going, like, is the can the cameraman please just hold the camera? He's like, it's one long shot. And he's like, moving around like this. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, stop moving he's the camera. He's trying to make like you that. feel like you're in it. That's- I got that. But <laughs> it was that it was at the point where like now I noticed it and I was like, you're moving it too much. There's it's not subtle movement anymore. It was like the guy was actually like kind of moving around or whatever so i don't know that's something that again like kind of took me out and i was like i don't really feel like that's necessary because i've never gotten the impression that that was the case in any other star wars stuff and now that i'm looking at it i'm like i don't know i'm not really feeling the the shaky cam thing here um and then the the other thing was better in this episode oh yeah yeah i think so too i think the music in general has landed better for me in this even though i'm not like i don't feel like I'm walking away with the Obi-Wan theme, like constantly playing in my head. Like I think those other songs, Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian are not very Star Wars. And I've, I've said like, I, you remember I said they, they felt like they were beats, like rap beats and, and they're good songs to those degrees. They're very catchy, but they feel more poppy than score. So I feel like the music is more Star Warsy here over in Obi-Wan and therefore I kind of like that better. But pop culturally, I feel like Mandalorian and the other ones have like a very memorable melody that gets stuck in people's heads and you got to give them the credit for that. People love that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, they know that right away. And uh, ooh, I feel ooh, like ooh, I feel like four episodes in you could probably play the Kenobi theme for people and they wouldn't write they wouldn't know what they were listening to until you told them and they're like oh yeah yeah okay yeah i hear it now i, I know what this is yeah i think <clears throat> i noticed i didn't notice the music all episode until that moment at the end with leia and ben where they're holding hands and it has a very classic star wars music feel to it and i remember thinking like this is the first time i'm really noticing the music and it feels right here um because there mm-hmm. were other episodes where the music felt a bit off. I haven't really loved the music that much in this in this series yet, um, but maybe we're crescendoing and building to something. But at the end, that moment was really emotional and powerful. Seeing that them together, even we though I'm still, you know, heard "Duel of Fates" or "Battle of the Heroes" or whatever you want to say. Like in that's coming. You know show. it's coming. Well, was it a marketing thing though? No, I think that I think they're gonna they're definitely gonna play that at some point. I think that's. Mm kind of an obvious like whether it be like a couple notes or something like they're gonna i, I never understood wh- why do they do duel the fates though like battle of the heroes makes more sense because that's obi-wan versus anakin where duel of the fates was granted it was over anakin's soul according to dave filoni but it was qui-gon obi-wan and maul because like, qui-gon 
because Qui Gon shows up in the boombox with Duel of the Fates. It's like I'm back. not even that. It's the connection between him and Qui Gon is kind of this underlying story for Kenobi. So the Duel of the Fates is like when he lost Qui Gon, and then yeah, he's I, don't, get him I back. never because it happens a couple times. They play it. They play it in Phantom Menace. They play it in Attack of the Clones when he's like riding the the speeder bike, and then they play it obviously for Battle of the Heroes and stuff. It's like I just kind of always took it as it's not like a character theme or it's not a theme that plays like when these particular people or a situation is happening. It's just kind of like an overall like fight theme. Like it doesn't matter who's fighting, but it was like the, the trilogy's fight theme, if you will. Mm. I could That's see that. How I kind of took deal of the fates. Cause it, cause when you're trying to connect it like that, it doesn't play like a normal theme because it, it, it technically plays when Kenobi's here uh, in two situations it technically plays when anakin's there in two situations but it's like it's also just I a fan know. favorite thing like it's also yeah. a fan service they, they played it when anakin was going to find his mom that's what i'm saying and, yeah, yeah that, that's the, the other one so. so it's like maybe they play it once for kenobi when he wins the fight and then they play it yeah. once for anakin when he's doing thing and then in the third one they kind of played it when they're both there i don't know maybe that's the connection but i just like i said i just always kind of thought of duel of the fates as like a fight theme for the prequel trilogy yeah. yeah we'll see what they do we will see what they do and speaking of um, fights do you guys feel like the lightsabers are like overly bright <laughs> like not in a bad someone way someone was like... just saying that in the chat that they seem oh, really? very very overly like different Saturated. than the normal visual effects yeah like very in camera it's like as and... soon as anybody turns on the lightsaber boom everything blue boom mm-hmm. everything red I, I and think... i'm like i i like it stylistically i think but it it has it's like the rebels lightsabers were too skinny and it's like oh you just have to say it's a stylistic choice i think i like it in the show and it's cool but it kind of also doesn't match with other live action things we've seen and that's okay i'm just i i I think it's a matter of circumstance because i don't know that we've seen obi-wan light his lightsaber when he wasn't in almost complete darkness in this series like when he was fighting Vader, it was complete darkness. When he was in that room with the mm-hmm. interior, he shut the lights off. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I do agree. It is um, quite bright, uh, but I wonder if it's just a matter of the environment in which he's igniting it. Because like even on Rogue One, when Vader lights his lightsaber, the whole room goes red, you know, because it was dark. So maybe I think that might be more of what it is than them like missing the mark on it. Um, also they just have better effects than when like mark hamill was holding a metal stick with reflective tape on the end of it um yeah but the the rogue one definitely i'm looking at it now i'm like yeah that whole room is like hard red (laughs) yeah death (laughs) maybe that maybe that's like yeah the parallel they're trying to do here you know but uh, i'm i'm not sure because i don't remember maybe somebody should update empire strikes back Luke and Vader. It's like blue, red. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're fighting. Be kind of cool. Um, all right. Anything else you guys want to cover? I mean, we didn't really touch a lot on Tala when she was, you know, dealing these distractions and and like speaking to him on the comlink when that guy was like two feet next to her. <laughs> I thought that was fine. Yeah, was... which obviously the comlink from A New Hope with C three PO. He even yeah yeah table like she similar. does yeah. Um, yeah. I thought she was just, I said this before, she was just so good, you know, and yeah. she's, 
she knows how high the stakes are and how crazy it is that they're going to get Leia and they're there. But the fact that it's another character that we're meeting in Star Wars that's willing to put their life on the line for someone else for the greater good is just such a great story. And, it, mm-hmm. and it's someone you want to root for. And yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. And what did you guys think about the sprinkling of Darth Vader in this? He walks very serious. And again, I think we knew going into the series that he had to be brutal. He had to be savage, angry, crazy, crazy Vader, because that's what we see in Rogue One. Um, And I think he's delivering so far. It is interesting, though, that he let Reva talk so much. I'm surprised he didn't just kill her. I know that they needed her to then say that they put a tracker on. That's but like, it was surprising to me that that was like, oh, he didn't just, he didn't just kill, because he killed that other guy in the street. Like two seconds. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing about watching some of these shows, like episode to episode kind of thing is like, we're all very critical of everything. We're trying to score it and all this stuff. It's not, we're not just kind of accepting the whole story, but I'm doing the same thing. I'm like watching them and I'm like, hmm, Vader kind of like was like, you suck. And then she says something and he's like, oops, my bad. You know, <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. he like kind of forgives her and he's like, Oh, I guess I, I guess I didn't know all the details, which was oops. very Hux <laughs> you know? and Snoke. Very much yeah. so like, Oh, we have him on a string, you know, that's but what I, I thought. I was like, oh, oh, that too. Yeah. But I, and it's, it's, it's something that doesn't matter. You know, I'm just looking at it too analytically um, and it doesn't really change my enjoyment. It's just like one of those things where I'm like, hmm, Vader, Vader kind of. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> the, the, the fifth brother was enjoying every moment of that. Like he might oh, have yeah, had a bucket of popcorn. I loved him, him like, in that he, scene. Yeah. He couldn't help but smile. He was smiling as he was lifting and choking her. And crazy. I also like, I also like when, when he, when Vader does put her down, fifth brother goes, but Lord, like whatever. And then when they cut back to Vader, he's listening to him and then listens to her. I, I don't know. There's something about the exchange there all there where I was like, there's an actual like kind of debate happening right here. They're not just like standing and saying their lines. I, I really kind of believed that fifth brother was trying to get her killed. And Vader yeah. was like weighing his options right there to figure out what was the best move. I'm, I'm sticking with the, the Reva is just, like that person who kisses their boss's butt, like she mm. what, she wants to be top dog. Uh, and so whatever Vader wants, she's going to do. She doesn't care about fifth brother or doing, you know, what the Grand Inquisitor wants. She wants to go to the top. And Va- Vader was interested in Kenobi and she knew that. So when she goes, Kenobi's all that matters. Vader's like, yeah. See, you get me. You get me. <laughs> you know? So, and then that's why I wonder if maybe the Emperor will you show had up. me at Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm thinking maybe the Emperor will show up to show what the real allegiance and what their you know his directive is to destroy all the Jedi. Where Vader's just solely obsessed with his personal grievance with Obi Wan, because I think a scene like we've seen in the comics with the Emperor's sort of keeping Vader in check would be very interesting to see in live action. Um, you know, we've seen him bow down and, and, you know, as you wish my master, all that stuff, but seeing him sort of twist with his mind a bit more as he's still developing into original trilogy, Vader could be a very uh, interesting thing to, to put on screen and also give us more emperor in an appropriate time to have the emperor on screen. 
I think he's definitely showing up because Vader's kind of running rampant right now and like killing people and all sorts yeah. of stuff. <laughs> I, I I think that he's definitely the Emperor's going to show up and be like, "What are you doing? What's going on, dude? Here? What are you doing?" Yeah, because <laughs> the Vader we meet in A New Hope is very much like you said, like on one knee, like yeah. well, original trilogy. Uh, on one knee like yes master sure whatever um and this vader i feel like wouldn't be doing that yeah vader's like the, listening to tarkin he's obeying his orders in the new right world. right so what happened to get him to like you know sit boy type thing yeah so i, I just hope I, i'm really excited that we get two more episodes i hope they're longer i just hope we're not rescuing leia again i think we're good there yeah. like how many Maybe times does she have to get rescued she's gonna give the Give Lola to Obi-Wan, because remember, all the toys have Obi-Wan with Lola. Oh, that's we didn't talk about that. Lola's the tracker. Yeah, that was a little obvious, I think. That was a very, that was predictable, but it's okay. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. But I need, where, I I need my Baru and Luke. So hopefully we get that. Yeah, we haven't gotten any Baru yet. We're going to talk about this more on Monday. (laughs) This whole series, like, we've cast a young Luke and like Mark Hamill retweeting him and all this stuff. And it's like, we already saw everything about Luke in the trailer wow. <laughs> that we have in the show. I don't think so, but yeah, I see what you're uh, No, saying. I'm saying as of now, that yeah. is still the case, and it yeah. could be for the fifth episode. That sixth one could wrap it up, go back to Tatooine, see Luke. I get it. But it's very possible that the fifth episode is similar to the first, first well, few. That's why I feel so bad for Baru and Bonnie Peace because – Everyone's all excited that she's returning and she still hasn't had a line. She barely showed up on screen. And Baru's the only one who understands who Luke really is. Luke's Mm -hmm. just not a farmer, Owen. He's got too much of his father in him. Like, I want to see her building Luke up and saying like, look, Luke, I know, you know, I know what you really meant for. Or like, I know that you want bigger things. I want to see that relationship. The mother-son relationship between Baru and Luke. And I hope we get it. I think we might. Um, well, but we'll see. I got two words. Season two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> season two. And then they'll finish it up in season three. Yep. Um, that's, anything else, that's guys? when they'll bring in Amber <laughs> season three. <laughs> no, I mean, I think we covered a lot of what's going on. Obviously, with yeah. every episode, there's more we could discuss. But at this point, it's like I feel like we've hit all the top things. The only question is what we think is happening next. Yeah. Um, Man, so chapter five, like, do you think we're getting any Tatooine or do you think this is going to be like the Qui-Gon shows up and Emperor shows up? So we see the two mentors and they parallel that. Yeah, I think that the base is going to be caught, the one that they're going back to, as always. The rebels have the worst, (laughs) worst luck with getting caught. If you're a rebel, yeah. (laughs) So they're going back to the planet that they were just at, right? Right. Then we'll get some more O'Shea Jackson Jr. Vader or... Unless they're going straight to Alderaan. That's possible too. I'm looking at not having another set. Like what set are they going to go back to that they already Mm -hmm. made? Mm -hmm. Um, The Alderaan one would be good, but I, I don't foresee like the actual Inquisitors and the Imperial Army and all that stuff on Alderaan. So I'm thinking it's probably they're just going back to the base they were just at and we get to see more O'Shea Jackson Jr. And that base will probably get ravaged. And 
that just leads into Obi-Wan being like, okay, all right, this has to stop. That's your sixth episode. I thought we were going to get Qui-Gon in this episode. Do you think we get Qui-Gon next week? (laughs) I think he's got a, I think he's going to come in when Kenobi has to fight Vader again. I think that's going to be the moment, kind of like the Ray parallel, like I, you know, the Jedi talking to her and then she stands up and fights. I think we're going to get that with Qui-Gon. Yeah, because he's I, been silent up until this point. The and longer Chow, it goes, yeah. Chow has, <laughs> Chow has liked the parallels between Obi Wan and Anakin. The back to tank, the most recent example. I could definitely see her doing Emperor's talking to Vader, Qui Gon's talking to Obi Wan, and showing how one talks to the other versus that one talking to that one, and what that does to prepare both of them for this, you know, next big melee it's it's yeah, kind of absolutely. funny we thought qui-gon would be a good way to kick off the series then we've kind of thought it would be a good like mid turning point and now we're starting to think like as we're getting desperate we're like well that would be a good final episode to be like boom liam neeson's back and it was a great it landed well i think he's mm. definitely coming back there's no way that he's not it's just yeah. how much and where yeah i agree um all right so that pretty much puts a bow on this one. Uh, so we hope everyone enjoyed the discussion. Um, we covered a lot. There was a lot. Yeah. And, and what's funny is it was one of the shorter, if not the shortest episodes of the season, but there was just a lot of nooks, crannies, nuance, and crazy twists and turns that happened throughout this and every other cliche in the book. But thank you to everyone who joined us live. Uh, if you're watching this after the fact, I appreciate it. Um, Share with a friend. Make sure you do subscribe to the channel, youtube.com slash Star Wars News Net videos. And uh, follow us on all your uh, favorite podcast audio apps if you prefer us that way. Um, do want to say a special thank you. Uh, first, uh, obviously, go to Star Wars News Net for all of your Star Wars news. Um, and our patrons at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. We, we wouldn't be able to do live shows like this, of this quality, this often, in addition to our other episodes without your support, um, in, including our live event, which we, we're still... Um, pinching ourselves as, as to how amazing that was. So thank you to everyone who supports us over on Patreon. If you're interested in supporting us, again, it's just patreon.com slash resistance broadcast tier started just $2 a month. We appreciate all the support and we have additional content that we put up there as well. Uh, but a big special shout out. Thank you to our generals and spice runners. Uh, first, our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, and Val Trichkoff, and our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, and Jeremy Myers. Thank you all for your support. Uh, Johnny Hoey on Twitter. Uh, James, how about you? Uh, I am at Myra Trunks on both Twitter and Instagram. Lacey. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. All right. We will have an episode, a a typical Monday episode of TRB coming at you on Monday, but we will be back next Wednesday, uh, June 15th, to talk about Chapter 5 of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So until next time, thank you once again. And as always, from us here at the Resistance Broadcast, we'll see you around, kids.